This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. People often ask me, John, what's happening to our freedoms and our rights? Simply put, my answer is we never learn. In the right or wrong hands, people, benevolent plans can be easily put to evil purposes. Even the most well-intentioned government law program can be and has been perverted, corrupted, and used to advance illegitimate purposes once profit and power are added to the equation. Mark my words, gun control legislation, especially in the form of red flag gun laws, which allow the police to remove guns from people suspected of being threats, will only add to the government's power. 17 states now have red flag gun laws on their books, and the number is growing. As the Washington Post reports, these laws, and I'm quoting, allow a family member, a roommate, a beau, law enforcement officer, any type of medical professional to file a petition with the court asking that a person's home be temporarily cleared of firearms. It doesn't require a mental health diagnosis or an arrest, unquote. Believe that or not. While in theory it appears perfectly reasonable to want to disarm individuals who are clearly suicidal and or pose an immediate danger to themselves or others, where the problem arises is when you put the power to determine who is a potential danger in the hands of incompetent government agencies, the courts, and the police. We've been down this road before. Remember, this is the same government that has a growing list shared with fusion centers and law enforcement agencies of ideologies, behaviors, affiliations, and other human characteristics that could flag someone as suspicious and result in their being labeled potential enemies of the state. For instance, if you believe in and exercise your rights under the Constitution, namely your right to speak freely, to worship freely, associate with like-minded individuals who share your political views, criticize the government, own a weapon, demand a warrant before being questioned or searched, or any other activity viewed as potentially anti-government, racist, bigoted, anarchic, or sovereign, you could be at the top of the government's terrorism watch list, and you probably are. Moreover, as the New York Times editorial warns, you may be an anti-government extremist, also known as a domestic terrorist, in the eyes of the police if you are afraid the government is plotting to confiscate your firearms, if you believe the economy is about to collapse and the government will soon declare martial law, or if you display any unusual number of potential and or ideological bumper stickers on your car. Let that sink in for a minute. Whatever happened to free speech, you asked? Therein lies the danger of these red flag gun laws specifically, and pre-crime laws such as these generally where the burden of proof is reversed and you are guilty before you are given any chance to prove you are innocent. Red flag gun laws merely push us that much closer toward a suspect society where everyone is potentially guilty of some crime or another and must be preemptively rendered harmless. Where many Americans go wrong is naively assuming that you have to be doing something illegal or harmful in order to be flagged and targeted for some form of intervention or detention. Be warned, once you get on such a government watch list, whether it's a terrorist watch list, a mental health watch list, or a dissident watch list, or a red flag gun watch list, there's no clear way to get off whether or not you should actually have been on there in the first place. 
Unfortunately, the U.S. government has adopted a do-what-I-say-not-what-I-do mindset when it comes to Americans' rights overall. Nowhere is this double standard more evident than in the government's attempts to arm itself to the teat with military weapons, all the while treating anyone who dares to legally own a shotgun, let alone use one, as suspicious and or on the road to being an outlaw. In Virginia, for instance, legislation has been introduced that would require background checks on all firearm purchases, allow law enforcement to temporarily remove guns from individuals deemed to be a risk to themselves or others, let local communities ban weapons from certain events and government buildings, and cap handgun purchases at once per month. George Orwell, the great futurist writer, saw the importance of owning a firearm. As he said, and I'm quoting here, the man who wrote 1984, that rifle hanging on the wall of the working class flat of the laborers' college is the symbol of democracy. It's our job to see that it stays there. To Orwell and others, these legislative attempts to regulate and control gun usage among the citizenry is nothing short of tyranny. Not surprisingly, then, in Virginia and a growing number of states across the country, momentum is building for 2A sanctuary cities that adopt resolutions opposing any unconstitutional restrictions on the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Personally, I'm for any attempt by the citizenry to nullify government actions that run afoul of the Constitution. We the people have been so focused on debating or what is responsible for gun violence, the guns, the owners, the gun owners, the violent culture, and whether the Second Amendment allows us to own guns that we've overlooked the most important and the most consistent theme throughout the Constitution. That is, the fact that it's not merely an enumeration of rights, but it was intended to be a clear shackle on the government's powers. When considered in the context of prohibitions against the government, the Second Amendment reads as a clear rebuke against any attempt to restrict the citizenry gun ownership. As such, it's necessary as an ingredient for maintaining that tenuous balance between the citizenry and the republic as any one of the other amendments in the Bill of Rights, especially the right to the freedom of speech, assembly, press, petition, security, and due process. Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas understood this tension well. The Constitution is not neutral, Douglas remarked. It was designed to take the government off the backs of the people. What a great statement and very clearly constitutional. Folks, in this way, the freedoms enshrined in the Bill of Rights in their entirety stand as a bulwark against the police state. To our detriment, as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America and the War on American People, these rights have been steadily weakened, eroded, and undermined in recent years. Yet, without any one of them, including the Second Amendment right to bear arms, we are much more vulnerable to the vagaries of out-of-control policemen, benevolent dictators, genuflexing politicians, and overly ambitious bureaucrats who are armed with the authority to shoot and kill we the people. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute. 
by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.